This podcast is brought to you by LTASex.com. Live, laugh, love, LTA Sex. Welcome to Behind Closed Doors, the podcast where we teach you what it really takes to have a perfect relationship. I'm your host, Jerome Stewart Nichols, sex educator and creator of LTSX.com. You know, those glossy Instagram selfies look great, but they don't tell the whole story. There's a hell of a lot that goes on behind closed doors that make strong, healthy, and sexually satisfying relationships. From the basics of communication and fighting fair, to full-time DS relationships and navigating the politics of polyamory, Behind Closed Doors offers you the expert advice and first-hand experience you need to get and maintain the relationship that's right for you. To keep up with the show, visit ltasex.com slash Behind Closed Doors for links to everything regarding the show. Subscribe to Behind Closed Doors on iTunes or Stitcher. You can keep up with me on Twitter at NotJeromeStewart or on Tumblr at ltasex.tumblr.com. Oh, and as always, if you have questions you want to answer or have some feedback about the show, uh, send it to me, Jerome at LTASX.info, J-E-R-O-M-E at L-T-A-S-E-X dot I-N-F-O. But enough of this shilling bullshit, let's get into the sex and relationships. Hello, you guys. Welcome to another episode of Behind Closed Doors. Once again, I'm your host, Jerome Stewart Nichols. Uh, Right off the bat, I do want to apologize for not having a show last week. Uh, Things have been sort of up in the air. Bubby's been sick, uh, and I've had to work his shifts at Ollie's uh, on top of my shifts and all the other shit that I have to do. So uh, getting another episode out has been extremely difficult uh, with all that going on. So, thanks for tuning in this week. We've got a great show for you. As you can probably tell, I'm a bit tired and sort of like, I just woke up actually, but uh, I'm sort of out of it, just like in general. Anyways, uh, so this episode is featuring uh, one of my new friends in the sex ed community uh uh god i'm going to say her name right it's davy ward i believe that's how she says it i think it's that's correct i always want to say debbie i her name is spelled d-e-v-i uh but i know the v is pronounced like a b or the e is pronounced like an a i think that's what it is anyways uh, she's on the show today. I've been on her show, uh, Sex is Medicine, several times. And uh, well, I'll actually be on again every month for the rest of the year. So you should make sure to go in and check that out. Um, but uh, this episode is her on Behind Closed Doors. And in this episode, we talk about some very important things about relationship maintenance. Uh, relationship maintenance is one of those things that it's sort of mystical and yet at the same time everyone needs the same shit every car needs oil every car needs gas every car needs new belts and you know new timers and new this new that new valves new uh you know silicone rings new fittings whatever parts rust things move on 
And every human needs the same things too. And in this episode, we talk about uh, and every human needs a thing. And every God damn it, why can't I get these words out of my mouth? Um, and every human needs those things too, or certain things too. And in this episode, we talk about what that means and what those things actually are. And for a lot of people, they're going to be different than what you assume them to be. And I will say I learned a lot from Davey. And I think you will, too. Um, If you are a person who is not great at making relationships last long term, uh, that is some this episode is something that you'll want to really take listen to and try to apply it uh, in your life in some way because we are the things we're talking about here they're just simple and they're not for romantic relationships exclusively either they're for friendship relationships parent relationships these are just simple human needs that must be met uh, in order for us to live a happy healthy and functioning life and it involves uh how other people treat us. I know it's weird to think of uh, things that way, but the fact of the matter is we need people in our lives and we need them to help us and we need them to give us certain things. And emotional things are just as important as, you know, food and a roof overhead. So, uh, without further ado, well, with a little further ado, because, you know, I've got to shout out my Patreon babies. If you would like to become one of my patrons on Patreon.com, uh, make sure to visit P-A-T-R-E-O-N, that's Patreon.com, slash Keep It Sexy, um, in order to fund the show uh, and fund all the stuff we do and make sure that we're not missing episodes, as I said a couple episodes ago, um, to make sure that we're not missing episodes, your donations uh, mean a lot. Um, when I'm talking about the stuff that we make here i do also include like anytime we have a uh sponsor post or something go up on the site i that money goes back into lta sex like just recently um the patreon money that i got from uh the last month and a couple of uh, sponsor post things that we got put together i was just able to buy a new router a new wireless card and a new uh ram stick for my computer uh, I bought a new computer earlier this year because mine was uh, falling apart physically. It still works fine, but I can't like take it with me anywhere. It also weighs like seven pounds. It's a desktop replacement, but I bought a new one that I could take with me everywhere that functions. But it was a bit underpowered, and I knew I'd have to like upgrade a little bit later. And the upgrades are cheap, but um, you know I have bills and things, so uh, <laughs> it becomes like a Oh, well, <laughs> maybe I should not um, spend that extra, I think it was like a total of 80 or $90 total that, w- that I spent to do everything. They haven't gotten here yet, but uh, they'll be here in the next couple of days. Anyways, uh, so it's it's important that if you like what I do and you like uh, the show that you continue to support uh now i'm going to go look at all my current patrons and give them a shout out so uh we have emily cardona stephanie axberg 
and of course Davey Ward, who's on the show today, uh, Maxime Hernandez, Jiz Lee, and Marcella Cruiser. I do want to thank all you guys for your support. And again, if you'd like to become a patron, patreon.com slash keep it sexy. Uh, without any further ado, any actual further ado, uh, you can uh, catch us, catch me on Twitter. 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 I met not Jerome Stewart. The show is at BCD Pod and uh, LTA Sex is at LTA Sex Blog. Uh, I'll be pulling back off of Facebook because it's just not worth my time. So if you want to keep up with me, it's either going to be on Twitter or Tumblr, and that's ltasex.tumblr.com. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's really get into the sex and relationships. So, yeah, okay, we're live now. Cool. So, you said you hadn't been in a relationship, like a relationship relationship for like how long? Well, like an actual committed, like monogamous relationship. So let's see. I, so this is my history. So I, and I, forgive me, I'm really not good with years, but something, sometime like around 2012, I started remembering, like vividly remembering my sexual abuse trauma. And um, up until that time, I had, like, hints, but, like, I started actually, like, remembering it happened and just, like, had, like, this really big process. And I was married at the time, and things weren't really working with my husband anyway. And then this came up, and I was like, fuck men, I hate men, I'm never going to touch another man. (laughs) So so I happened to manifest a beautiful lesbian to be in relationship with. She was beautiful and amazing and incredible and very healing and yummy for me. And um, I was living in Vancouver at the time and I'm not Canadian. So I needed to leave the country. So I left the country and went to Detroit, (laughs) which is where I got to see you, uh, which is never, Uh never a good situation for me. And, and really pretty much went back to the source of my trauma. I mean, that's where it all the shit, went down right so i'm in detroit and i'm like up to my neck in emotional processing and trauma and this that and the other and my girlfriend was still in vancouver so we had this like long distance relationship which was actually really good because i was completely not interested in having anybody touch me at all uh, given what i was going through um and but there was a lot of emotional support with that and then we would see each other occasionally and then i then a year later i ended up moving back to this side of the country which is the pacific northwest and so we could actually see each other in in person more often and um and then uh as things happen and change is that i came back and i had moved to another level of healing and i was very interested in exploring men again and that was really not going to work for her, so we broke up. So in 2000, I, I remember the date, February 21st, 2014, I had sex with a man again. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I just want you to know that was, that was 2010, you said? No, no, 2014. 2014. Okay, that is LTA Sex's fourth birthday. Oh, yay. Happy birthday. <laughs> so February 21st, 2014, is uh, I had sex with a man again, and it, I discovered that I really liked it. It was awesome. So I was hooked, right? Um, and then from there, it was like the universe decided to rain men upon me. 
Um, and so the, the, the first man that I, that I ended up having sex with, I, I really, he was, I was really into him. I really liked him. I, and I, I mean, we, we actually saw each other like consistently for over a year, but he was really not interested in having a relationship with me. He, or like an actual committed relationship. We had a relationship, but it wasn't committed. He would never call me his girlfriend. You know, I never got to go home to meet his parents. He was, I was his side chick pretty much. Right. Um, or friends with benefits. So that was, that was pretty painful for me because I was really into him and I couldn't fathom why he wouldn't want to be in a relationship with me because the sex was so freaking good. It was, like, <laughs> it was such good sex. And yes, I will base a relationship on good sex. I totally will. After a lifetime it's so of important. sex. Hmm? It's so important. Oh, it is. And I spent most of my life having crappy sex. And so now that I know what good sex is, I'm like, I will base an entire... Re- I don't care if, if you know, we don't really think the same. As long as we can fuck all the time. That's all I really care about. Fucking eat. That's all we need to do. And we'll just let the rest of We can of fuck, it. we can eat, and then you can go away. Yeah, or we could even, you know, I, we could do long, whatever. We could cohabitate. We don't have to have the same interests as long as, you know, one of our main interests is sex. So um, so that was my thought, but apparently that wasn't going to work for him. Um, but around the same time, I did get into a relationship. It was a relationship with, with a couple, so a man and a woman. So I had this relate this not really relationship with this guy. My well, I'm going to call him my first, right? Um, and then I had a polyamorous relationship with a couple and that was really sweet. We had a lot of really good times, but I discovered that I can only go so deep, you know, when in a three way street, like I'm really, I want a primary like man to invest my soul in. And if there was another woman involved, we can have a great time, but I'm, I don't bond the same way. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can get that. Yeah, so I didn't really call, I wouldn't call that like we're taught, we're saying like relationship, relationship, like most people think about. It was a relationship of sorts, but it wasn't what I think of, I want a relationship in my life. It, it wasn't that, right? So then there was a, then I play, I did a lot of playing. I had a lot of, re, I, would, I had a lot of really good sex over in the past year with a few different people. And you know, we, we did practice safe sex in case anyone's concerned, obviously. And, and some of these people were sex educators themselves. So we, you know, had the conversation and all got tested and made sure everyone was all, you know, hunky dory and on the same page and in the know. Um, yeah. And so that's been up until today. And here we are today. And interestingly enough, the, the man out of the partnership that I was in the, the, the polyamorous relationship with them, the man, they split, they broke up, which was <laughs> phenomenal to me. I never expected that. I was <laughs> <laughs> seeing the male part of that relationship and it's awesome. It's fabulous. Right. him in Tantra in order, because if you're going to have sex with Davey, like as a guy, you, you have to learn semen retention or I'll just, I'll, I'll fuck you to death, quite frankly. So, so he had to learn semen retention. And then I taught him some of like the Tibetan Tantra and the meditation and some of the like internal yogas. And he's been practicing by himself for the past six months. And then he just kind of lands on my doorstep already fully trained. And I'm like, wow, I actually get to do Tantra with a guy that I pretty much hand trained myself. This is amazing. So that's, that's, that's my relationship awesome. history, in a nutshell. I don't know if that's too much information, but I don't care. 
Honestly, no. I I, I love hearing different people's uh, like their relationship ba- backgrounds because they're so. Each of us have our own journeys to sort of getting to the place that we are. Like for me, I don't I don't know if we've actually ever talked about this. I don't know if I've talked about this on the show ever really. But um, for the first twenty. Uh, 25, 26? I'm turning 28 in like a week. Um, I, yeah, 26 years. Thank you. Um, I, I, I never had a relationship, like a committed relationship. Um, I was, you know, fucking around. I was having fun. I was, you know, going to sex clubs and doing fun stuff, you know, like people what? do. <laughs> yeah, you know, the things going to sex clubs, playing, you know, nipple twisting, that kind of thing. Good stuff. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, um, I took like a two-year break uh, that was started when I was like 24. I was I was spending a lot of time internal on myself, uh, mm-hmm. figuring things out and like how to be a better me and how to live in my head and my body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, I'm you know in, in a place that's much better. I've got my depression under control. I've got my anxiety um, coming around to being something that I can like manage without knowing that it was there quite yet. I've got, um, you know, my life is sort of stable and in walks this boy. And, you know, one day he, he, I met him on the 23rd of February, two years ago. Um, Something about February and the 24th. That's like, that's like the prime weekend for both of us, Jerome. I know it's pretty great. Wow. I can't wait till it comes around again. We'll have to have some sort of celebration. Absolutely. It's, it's like a, I think I think there's something in the air in February. Yeah, I would agree, and I think it's like um, desolation from the winter and like depression and um, like oh my god, we, somebody take me to Vegas, please, kind of thing. <laughs> Honestly, though, I, if you if you think about it, like with the way the seasons move, right? I like I like to put a lot of nature into the way I think about how people behave. So if you if you think about the way nature is going about that time, so winter's just about over. If it's not over already, I think it's over January twenty something. No, so no. we've already. Hmm? I was just gonna say, but it's cold as fuck in January and February. Like you live in Michigan. What do you mean winter? It's cold. cold. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, winter. By the way, the Earth is rotating. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, if it wasn't, you know, whatever the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's winter's yeah. over until like May in my universe. Exactly. So like, um, you know, if you think about it, like what happens in winter, you get a lot of like cleaning of things, like the world opens back up and then you have like this refreshed world that's been washed away yet preserved for months. And it's exciting to go back out and re-explore that again. Yes, after the cold, deep freeze to poke your nose out from the cave and <laughs> frolic. <laughs> but that new, I hear what you're saying. That's a, there's a, at, the, at the change of seasons, there's a burst of new energy. So even just now, like the season changed from summer to fall, I seriously mm-hmm. felt that burst of energy, like inside of myself. And I'm also noticing it like around me and in business and like, you know, clients, mm-hmm. they're calling and that kind of thing. And there's just like this burst of energy with back to school. So anytime the seasons shift, there is a burst of energy that's let loose atmospherically or, you know, however you want to think of it, planet wide or inside of us or all of that. <coughs> and that's beautiful. And like, okay, so going back to my relationship history. So in walks this boy, 
and he just sort of never leaves. <laughs> and you know, he's still here today, and now he's in the bedroom. He bought he brought me um some bacon, and that's how you know it's true love. <laughs> yes, bacon. I'm gonna have to try that. I'm gonna go buy some bacon tonight. I've got I've got my I've got my lover coming down for the weekend tomorrow. So I'm gonna go buy bacon and oh God, yeah. he might be the one. <laughs> if you're near one. a Trader Joe's, try and find beef bacon. Ooh, okay. Well I am near a Trader Joe's, but I it's not when walking distance and I'm not gonna drive all the way to Trader Joe's right now. So um so I'll just buy him some normal bacon and we'll save the beef bacon if he comes back. That'll be the second okay. that'll be the second weekend. That'll be the prize for for <laughs> for, yeah. for being the one. Um, but yeah, so like my relationship history is sort of, I guess you could say it's sort of sparse. Uh, because until this last two years, I hadn't been having like any longer term relationships with people. I've had, um, in the past, I've had uh, like fuck buddy relationships or friends with benefits relationships that's lasted, you know, I have one that's still going on from 2006. Oh, wow. That, see, that's a long-term fuck-buddy relationship. So that's kind of like what Very I was doing with, with guy number one, like my first this last you know year and however long, is like we were like long-term fuck-buddies. And that is a relationship. It just isn't a, you know, whatever, I guess, committed relationship or a full relationship. It's like a partial relationship. Right. And, and committed relationships are so much different. <laughs> well, I didn't know. Well, tell. So, what have you found in being in committed relationship? What What is different for you? It's like the the sex part and the fun part that you have with like a friends with benefits. It's it's essentially the same. Like that part, it doesn't really change. But then you, you the other part, where you're having to be friends with someone and be friends with someone who you see constantly. It it becomes it becomes this game of like. Uh, it's hard to explain like a game of like maintenance and exploration to sort of keep the novelty going, keep exploring one another, keep becoming like better friends and bonding and making new experiences. And you don't get that with, with friends with benefits, like in general, you tend not to, but with longer term relationships, there is that there and it, it changes the dynamic so that, the sex you have is different. It changes the dynamics of that. Um, the way you grow and the way you address each other is different. And I think it's beautiful and something that should be experienced outside of a romantic relationship way more often. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> I think, you know, the thing with friends with benefits is you don't really see each other that often worse with, or, or you may, I mean, you may see each other like somewhat frequently, but you're not like living together and you're not embedded in each other's lives, right? You're not like hanging out necessarily and going to each other's parents' house for Christmas and that sort of thing. So you're not building a life together. So the building a life together is a different quality. And I'm really looking forward to doing that with somebody that I'm like, is really hot and I'm really in love with because I have, I personally haven't had that experience. <clears throat> Pardon me. I have had what I would call, I mean, long-term relationships like a year or more, but they haven't been relationships with people that I've been in love with. They've been more out of like, okay, I guess this is the best I can do. <laughs> that is sad, but wow. That's just being totally transparent you know i've been through a lot a lot of different cycles in my life and uh, 
I'm glad that's no longer <laughs> part of my cycle. But that's been, you know, that's that's been a, I would say, a missing piece for me. It's actually the whole like falling in love and staying in love and and then like building a relationship from that that's i mean i was married and i i that wasn't even the way it went for me right so and my, my true for so many people yeah and so my particular pain was the guys that i fell in love with like didn't want to be in a relationship with me and the guys that i wasn't really in love with i was like oh, okay well you know we'll do this thing because you're okay. I kind of like you. You know, we're good friends. It was good friends, but I, I didn't have that in love, right? So yeah. I'm very much looking forward to in my as I move into my middle years <laughs> to having the experience of being madly and passionately in love with somebody. I and I'd like to get to the point where I got bored with them. Like I would love to get to the point where I was bored with the person that I was in love with ten years ago. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Because that that just means you're like at the cusp of like learning something new and fun about them. Exactly. Exactly. Because I've never had that experience (laughs) of looking at someone you used to love passionately 10 years ago and being like, I'm bored of you. That's that's never happened. I would like that experience. So I was telling that to a a friend of mine and he was like, I don't think anyone could ever get bored of you, Davey. And I was like, oh, (laughs) sweet. Yeah, and he's, he was hot, too. I was like, well, you want to try? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to try? I mean, you know, you hang out with me, you know? Some party, you know? <laughs> let's see if we get bored. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's see how this works. Um, but, like, you know what? It's 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 interesting talking about relationships because it's, it's not – ooh, it's not – anything like what you see on TV or, or anything like our parents say or our friends say and real relationships. Like, I, I love that you said um, that you were just sort of like, Hey, this is the best thing around right now. And I've, I, yeah, like I, I was sort of flabbergasted by that, but then I, I was thinking about it. Yeah. I've totally done that. I think everyone's done that. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, sorry, go on. Go, oh, you're fine. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and, you know, and a lot of that, I mean, that to me, that's like, I mean, I'm, I'm not afraid to say like self-worth has been one of the biggest things I've struggled with my whole life, given my history. I mean, like, you know, we won't even get into that. But so that was like a huge thing. And that was a huge factor in it. And as my self-worth, as I've like, you know, understood myself to, to be like a worthy, valuable, incredible, amazing human being, of course, the choices that I make are going to be more reflective of that state of mind, right? So I think uh, for a lot of us, a lot of women too, a lot of women, especially I'm going to say, or the women that I've encountered, there is that, oh, well, you know, I can't really have what I really want factored in, especially when we're younger and we're not really taught um, as young people, as adolescents, like how to choose partners and how to be in integrity with ourselves and how to um, be in integrity and choose relationships that are healthy and empowering for us and what that would even look like. So we don't receive any education. We're just kind of thrown out into the world of dating and, you know, and it's a fucking mess. <laughs> and I'll say it's not that different for men, for men because uh, I, I have found that <clears throat> Settling is something that we're sort of taught to do. Yes. If they, you know, if they, if they hit all these certain check marks, then we should be okay with, you know, having them in our lives and we should ignore all these like buzzers and warning sounds in our heads that are telling us that like, this is not the best possible thing for us because it's the right thing for us. 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, and, and depending on the culture in which you were raised or your, the, you know, economics class that you were raised, there's all different kinds of factors. Like, does this person, like you're saying, fit the bill? Does they, and a lot of those factors may perhaps be superficial. Do they look good? Do they, you know, do they have tattoos or not? Or can you bring them home to mama kind of thing? So, um, there's all these other things that factor in and, and I just am really grateful to be where I am now in my life so that I can more, I, I really choose from my body. Like quite frankly, like I really, it's really instinctual and really like my body likes you and this is good. I like that. I, I, I am still figuring out how I, how I'm trying to choose people. Uh, it's been very intellectual for most of my life, but I'm, I'm realizing that that's just sort of what I do. I'm, I'm, I just sort of pick things based upon uh, what is the most logical choice or the choice that I think is the best one uh, and, and the best meaning the best for me with the least amount of possible detriments that are, uh, let's say, deal-breaking. Yes. It's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but – no matter what relationships we're in, right? It, it, it can be maintaining those relationships is difficult. I, I I'm in a our open relationship where we have a poly. You know what? I have to stop saying poly. Mean polyamorous. I was reading an article um, by a Facebook friend of mine and a I guess a colleague of ours, uh, Ada Mandule. I have never said her name out loud, so I've probably mispronounced that. But uh, Mandalay. That actually sounds right. Ada Mandalay. And uh, she was talking about how poly is a word for Polynesian people or uh, people of certain ethnicities. So it's already taken and we should really uh, take care not to co-opt that word for something else. Yes, I read that same article. So I'm happy to say polyamorous instead of just poly. Because, you know, poly could be so many different things uh, as well. Absolutely. Apparently it means Polynesian, but it, it, it means multiple actually is what the word is. Isn't that like a Latin root of something? Poly, mm-hmm. that like a mathematical yeah. geometric figure, poly something or other? Yeah, it's a word that just means many, right? So like polyamorous means many loves. Uh, uh, Polygender could be somebody who's like uh, expresses many gender at a time. Poly... Uh, anything. It's just, it's just like a word you put, or um, a prefix for any word that you want to make. Okay, alright. So we just can't just say poly because then that would mean the poly. just means we mean many. Yes. Grammatically yes. incorrect. Well, true. Very true. It's grammatically, and we don't want that. <laughs> we exactly. Don't want that. that would be awful. <laughs> right. But, but as I was saying, we're in a polyamorous relationship. So I am, while I'm dating him and building this life with him, I'm also uh, dating or fucking other people periodically. And all of these relationships require basically the same things. And periodically they all sort of get into uh, fights and disputes. So the maintenance level, it, it may differ, but the, the tools you need are, essentially all the same. Yeah. I mean, I really think that it takes a tremendous amount of emotional maturity and spiritual maturity to be able to navigate multiple relationships. I, I really do. And cause stuff is going to come up. I mean, we're human. We're going to, we're going to rub up against each other in 
awkward ways and not so nice ways along with some of the really great ways. So yeah, I mean, for me, um, my favorite tool and like my sort of truth or my sort of Shiva that I carry with me is, is truly nonviolent communication. And so that's my preferred method to connect with myself primarily and then to be able to empathize and understand and hear what's going on for my partners. And, you know, the, the areas where it, where there's breakdowns or what I've seen in, in being in polyamorous relationships or multiple relationships. And, I, and I've been in several throughout my life um, is, is, is when the communication breaks down, that's when it all goes to hell in my experience is when there is an inability or a, um, unwillingness to authentically communicate about our feelings. And that in my relationship has been uh, the thing that, that has really made us struggle. Uh, he has borderline personality disorder, Bubby, who people know because he is co-hosting on the show most of the time. Uh, he has borderline personality disorder. So he, we get into fights a lot because he's not really fighting with me. He's fighting with his brain and the thoughts that they it makes him think and uh, you know, his feelings of abandonment, his feelings of self-worth and all that. He's really fighting with himself, but it's all coming out and towards me. Yeah. And I can't really, what were you saying? I said, well, which is painful to be on the receiving yeah. end. Yeah, absolutely. It hurts because um, when this stuff really got bad was after uh, he'd lost his memory. So I'd been with him through this amnesia. You know, I'd helped him relearn the world. I, I, I guess you could say I sort of saved him from his family because post-amnesia, they were being really uh, emotionally abusive and being in that house was sort of like scary for him. And I've sort of, I, I, I felt like, how dare you sort of, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. After everything you gave and everything you gave up and all the support you gave for him to then come back with seeming ingratitude, I'm sure it was deeply painful. Yeah, and, and it made me – he had problems with resentment uh, a couple of months afterwards when oh, – because we're also in a DS relationship. So I take – you know, I'm giving him instructions and I'm, you know, asking him to do things. And he, he got resentful because he didn't understand – what that relationship was anymore. Mm-hmm. He'd agreed to it and we'd, um, you know, learn. And it was in the first, in the first, the first time that we got into the DS relationship, it took seven months from the start of the relationship to the point where we were like, okay, um, this is now like a full-time DS relationship. And uh, it is my hand that will guide and it is your body that will do uh, the work. Essentially that's sort of how we divide the labor. Mm-hmm. And the second time around, you know, four months in, he is four months in from learning, you know, what a bus was or how money works or, you know, how his body works, how his digestive system works. So, so it, it's very difficult for him to, you know, grasp these concepts. And it's something I hadn't considered. Wow. I mean, you guys have been through some massive challenges. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's surprisingly massive challenges that keep repeating themselves, but mm-hmm. I'm starting to think that it's just like a, 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 one of the costs I'll have to pay to be in a relationship 
both myself who um although i don't have borderline personality disorder i have strong uh anxiety and i also deal with depression so you know we're we both can be fiery and irritable all the time yeah yeah that makes it that makes it challenging when there's already emotional difficulties or emotional imbalances going on because then you're just going to trigger each other. So that's, yeah, that's, but I mean, having like amnesia and that sort of thing. I mean, that just sounds like heartbreaking, like, wow. And you guys are still together. I mean, I just commend you in spite of all the obstacles that you're making at work. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And, and and thank you for that, by the way. Um, And it was during this time where we were uh, restarting the DS relationship or trying to restart the DS relationship um, that we were, he was like in sort of the worst of his BPD issues. Um, They still come, but just definitely not as frequently. They used to be an every single day thing. Then they went to like uh, every two or three days. And now it's like once a week Mm -hmm. or something like big will happen. So the more he's dealing with it, the more he's able, uh, the more he's living with it, the more he's, the better he's able to deal with it. But back to what I was saying, when we were starting this, that was the time where the communication was breaking down. That was the time where um, things got physical. And I, I feel like it, it, although I don't like to say it out loud and even uh, knowing that I'm about to say some more things is making me very anxious, but, uh, it you know we would get into like physical fights. He, um, at that time he wasn't quite clear on like the boundaries of what that what that means like in a relationship of like once you cross that line like what that says about what's going on. Mm-hmm. I did, but I was also sort of in in these depths of like why are you so freaking mean? I don't understand. You like, you say, I say these things and I don't. And you know, you, you're, you're claiming that I'm, I'm never here for you. And then when you're mad, you like say these horrible, horrible things to me that you say them on purpose to hurt me. And it's, it was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Overwhelming and confusing and, and just deeply painful. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when I'm coming at that with, you know, with my anxious side, who's just like, I am terrified and I'm, I, I, I don't know what to do. So I need to get this energy out sort of deal. Right. Right. So a need for expression and some sort of release, it sounds like. And so that's the way that you guys knew to kind of release that energy. Even I would say transform it. Cause like you release it and then it like, it, it causes change. Something's going to shift. And that's <laughs> You know? it absolutely did. Sure. Yeah. And, and honestly, that getting to that point was the pivotal turning point for us uh, to sort of uh, get us to like, okay, this is going really bad. We need to do something to figure this shit out. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I just. <laughs> Something around single squashing? Yeah, basically, that's what it felt like. It scared the mess out of me. But. You were talking about nonviolent communication, and that is something that I, I, I want to explore more with you. Can you talk a bit more about that? Yeah. So nonviolent communication, a lot of people, I, the, the, the name itself kind of, it doesn't do it justice. Because when you say nonviolent communication, people immediately think that, well, when you're anger, angry, you have to talk nice and proper and blah, blah, blah. And that's really not what it's about. It is a way, it is a tool for 
um, understanding what are what we refer to as your deeper underlying needs. So the basic premise is that as human beings, we all have core needs or core values that must be met. And they're universal and they're inarguable. Like if you have a human body, you, you have to feed it. You have to water it. You have to give it shelter. You know, you have to need sex. <laughs> you know, it needs connection. These are just basic inarguable human needs. But then along with that, we also have needs for self-expression. We have needs for play. So, so the idea is that beyond just the survival needs, we also have what I like to call your thrival needs, right? And in order to live a fulfilling, happy life, we have, we must have, there are certain requirements for that. We must have needs for like meaningful work, contribution, um, love, connection, intimacy, pleasure, enjoyment. These are, these are all requirements for living a fulfilling human life. All feelings that we have, every emotion that we have, everything we feel is simply an indication that one of these needs, one or more of these needs is either met or unmet. And it's a very simple equation. Happy feelings means your needs are met. Unhappy feelings means your needs are not met. It's that simple. So when we're in pain, it's because we have some unmet needs. And so NVC is a tool for translating and uncovering what those needs are. Because when we get to the need, that is the point of connection. That is where life begins. And if we understand what the need is, then we can start to um, awaken or open to the infinite number of strategies that are available for us in any moment to meet those needs. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It it sounds simple. And yet it sounds like something that would pass by most people because it's never been laid out in such a clear way. Yes. So, so, you know, an example would be, um, um, I was feeling really disappointed this evening. So my, my radio show was canceled, as you know, cause my, my producer, God bless him. I mean, I wish him the best. He's in the hospital, like getting blood transfusions or something insane, but I was feeling really disappointed this evening because I had a need for connection with my audience and I had a need for um, for meaningful work and, and contribution because I love doing this love doing this work and I love doing these shows. So I felt disappointed because my need was going to be unmet. And then you offered me the opportunity to be on your show and I felt excited and joyful because my need for connection with you was going to be met. My need for play with you was going to be met and my need for contribution was going to be met. Does that make sense? It does. Yes. And I love how you said that. I love I love that you gave your emotions and attached with what happened and why you felt that way. And that is something that's super, super important to do when you're trying to communicate. Yes, absolutely. So NVC is a formula. It's, it's basically taught as a four-part formula where you have the observation, which is the thing that occurred or the stimulus. So in this case, it would be my radio show was canceled. Um, and so the way we in, in, you know, in, in normal life, we usually confuse observation with a judgment. So um, in NBC, the observation was my radio show was was canceled. If I was speaking in you know, common language or street language, I could say um, everything went to hell. You know, which isn't really an observation. That's an opinion about something that happened, right? right. But the, the observation is very clean cut, very dry, just like very – It's an observation with no judgment, no opinion, no evaluation. The radio show was canceled. Then my feeling, and I felt disappointed, 
my need because I had a need for expression and connection. And then the last part of that would be a request. So a request would be whether it's a request of ourselves or a request of somebody else. But it's it's an actual, like, it's it's a new language to learn. And I've been studying and practicing NVC since, God, for 10 years. So I've been doing this for 10 years. So I've got a degree of mastery and proficiency with it when I actually choose to use it. And I am going to say right off the bat that intimate relationships are the most difficult place to practice NVC. It's very Absolutely. It's very easy to do on a radio show. It's very easy to do it with my students and teaching it in workshops. But in intimate relationships, whether that's your lover or your mother or your brother <laughs> or whoever it is, and even the founder of it, Marshall Rosenberg, he's like, intimate relationships are the most difficult place to practice NBC because there's so many emotional triggers. And when we're so triggered, you know, like nails on chalkboard, when we're that triggered, it's really hard to stay present. And it's really hard to give ourselves or anybody else empathy. Yes, absolutely. And I will say that that phrasing is a lot of what I was feeling and a lot of what was going on when we were, uh, me and Bubby were having our uh, big, big fight period. Uh, We just weren't able to, you know, give each other empathy because we had been triggered by, you know, certain phrases and certain things that had been powerful uh, powerful for us in our past. Exactly. And and one of the golden rules is you cannot give empathy if you need empathy. So if two people are in pain together, they can't give each other empathy. They need to actually like go separate. Like that's the instruction in the training is like, if you're both in so much pain that you cannot give each other empathy, it's not going to do any good for you to keep screaming at each other because you're both screaming for empathy. Whatever you're saying, you know, I hate you, blah, blah, blah. That's, you're screaming for empathy. And you can't give it if you need it. So you have to actually separate and go get it either from yourself or your cat or your somebody else who can actually give you empathy. And then you can actually come back and have a conversation. But, um, but that's a mistake a lot of people make. They think that, that if, they're, if they're in pain, they should still be able to empathize with somebody else. And that just isn't. It's not realistic. If you need empathy, you can't give empathy. It's not humanistic. Yeah, exactly. It's not humanistic. And and empathy is, you know, the, we're just hearing feelings and needs. That's essentially what it is, being heard, being understood, being met, being felt. And, um, and that's a beautiful thing. And it can, like I said, it can be challenging when both people are, are triggered. So one of the things that when it comes to like uh, we were talking about clarity and in, in the message of like what you're trying to say versus what you say. So, um, you know, everything went to shit versus I'm disappointed because X, Y, Z. Right. Yes. I am a big proponent of getting rid of these like catchphrases or these code words from our language when we're trying to have a intimate conversation with people. Because when people say things went to shit, right, or it's all fucked, or I, 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 I just cannot fuck, I, I can't even, you know, things like that. What, what we hear is that phrase, but what we feel is how we feel when we say that. And it's not the same. Yeah, exactly. It's not the same. It's going to mean something different for you than it does for me. Right. And then also the thing about saying things like, oh, well, you always I hate that one. Well, you always 
or this always, or I always, and that kind of thing. It's like, nobody always does anything. And it so negates all the other times when you weren't doing that. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's important to be cognizant of our language. But again, here's the thing. If you've never had any education or instruction, then you simply don't have the tools. And we can't negate the fact that we live in a culture that really does not prepare us <laughs> for the most part how to relate to each other. Like, I feel like our culture actively discourages us on purpose for that reason. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you keep people disconnected, and our primary disconnection is with ourselves, I got to say. Like we were talking about earlier with, the, you know, the technology addiction and that sort of thing. It's like, it's a way of disconnecting and disassociating and, and ignoring what's going on internally. I do it myself. You know, I catch myself. I'm like, yeah, oh, actually, no, I'm not going to turn on a movie right now. I'm going to go sit with myself and meditate, you know? So there's all kinds of reasons to disconnect and to not connect. And again, our society pushes these values on us. And a lot of the values are not about depth and authenticity and honesty and truth and standing, making a stand for the truth. It's not really what our culture is about, though it seems to be changing, right? Which is beautiful, and I love seeing that more and more. Thank the internet for that part. Yes, amen, amen. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I <clears throat> I love seeing uh, the vulnerability becoming a positive trait, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing it online. I'm seeing it in the way people talk to one another. You know, as, as I as I've gotten older, uh, the friends that I'm making are becoming people who uh, are the ones who are most intimate with me, the ones that I'm keeping around, you know what I mean? The, the best friends, the circle of friends. They're, they're the ones who I'm sharing with. They're the ones who, you know, see me at all times as opposed to like just when things are good. Yes. Yeah. They're your soul family. Exactly. Soul family. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Earlier, earlier today, actually, um, me and Bubby were talking and he was telling me how he started to refer to his uh, biological family as his birth family to distinguish them from the people that he actually gives a shit about. Yep. <laughs> and I, I love the soul family. I love that. That sounds soulful. Yeah. I mean, and I, yeah, I hear that. I find it's the people that nourish us, that nourish our souls. Just because you're born into a certain family or, you know, or you hang around a certain group of people doesn't mean that they're actually nourishing for you. So, and I tend to be, I'm, I'm an introvert. (laughs) So surprising. That's what people say. I don't know. Maybe I'm an extroverted introvert, but I'm, I'm an introvert. And I mean, keep in mind, I mean, 10 years of my adult life, I was a monk. So I spent, a good portion of my young adulthood meditating for 10, 16 hours a day. Like that was my job was to meditate for 10 hours a day. So I am extremely comfortable sitting in silence for days. Like I could seriously sit in my cave and just meditate for a long time. So for me, it's, 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 um, it's, uh, it's, uh, what part of my, like my growth, whatever edge to actually move more out in the world and interact with more people. Um, regularly because I'm quite content uh, in my own little universe. Um, so when I do venture out, it's, it's gotta be something that, that really speaks to my soul. Otherwise I'm like, I'm, I'd rather be home talking to Jerome on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Honestly, I am so there with you. I'd almost always rather be home. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's got to be something that really calls to my soul. And the people that I, that I surround myself with um, are few, they're few. I mean, I have, I have the friends that I have are very deep friends. They're very intimate friends and they really, they know me inside out. They're the people that I'm like completely transparent with. That there's no, no, no veils. Right. So yeah. that's, that, is the way I love to function. Like I love to function completely seen and transparent and, and because that's how I understand myself. Right. If I know that like, if I'm putting up a wall with somebody, I'm like, Ooh, that I'm uncomfortable with something about myself. And that makes me curious about why and what that is. Yeah. I like that. I also like that you, uh, you were talking about meditation earlier. Now I use meditation uh, as a part of my uh, growth and like, I guess you could say centering. I I think that's how people would refer to it. Uh, Just getting in touch with me and my feelings and what's going on in my head. Uh, And although you were doing it, you know, for 10, 16 hours a day, you don't have to do it that much uh, to actually get a lot of benefit out of it. And it will help with not only you and your like internal uh, functioning, but it'll also help with uh, the relationships that you have. I absolutely, I mean, the more peaceful we are in ourselves, the more peaceful we're going to be in relationships. And you're, you're absolutely right. And you don't, you do not need to meditate for 10. I was a monk. That was my job. It was to meditate for, for that long. I, at this point in my life, I, I, I don't like, I mean, if I meditate for an hour, that's like, wow. Like I rarely do that. And the meditations that I, that I do now, I do Tibetan Buddhist meditations and like 20 minutes of that is like 20. That's like, okay, I'm done. That's we're good. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, my students that I teach, that's the primary thing that I teach in Tantra. That's a, that's where we start because if you can't be present in your body, you're not going to have great sex. That's just a fact. Like you cannot have amazing, epic, orgasmic, you know, five minute orgasms, 10 minute orgasms. If you're thinking about the dishes or how your vagina smells, or if your partner likes you or whatever, you, you can't. So you have to be fully, completely present in your body. And that's a skill that you actually have to cultivate. So, um, so the meditation practices that I teach, we start at, you know, 15 minutes and then we grow from there. And I think the longest one is, is only 25 minutes, which is not a lot of time considering how much time we spend on Facebook <laughs> or Tumblr or anything else. Exactly. Pinterest. <laughs> yeah. No, I, for me, like in a practical sense, I, I, I the way I meditate I will literally just be anywhere, eyes closed. They, my eyes have to be closed, otherwise I get distracted by the world. Um, and I just think. I just sort of like let my mind wander in silence. I, I may talk out loud, I may not, but a lot of times I'm just letting my mind drift and sort of trying to remove all those little automatic barriers that we put up you know, in in our daily life to keep us functioning and keep us happy, just really getting in touch with where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like you go to, you go to, you go to space. You just like let go of the uh, control and allow your mind to rest and relax in its natural state, which is awareness. That's our natural state is awareness. And the thoughts are like, like the, the, the analogy is your mind is like the sky and your thoughts are like clouds. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So it sounds like you're relaxing into the sky and, and just 
letting the clouds be as opposed to trying to control them or engage with them just being the sky. Yeah. Sort yeah. Cause in my, in my, when my eyes are open, I'm always looking for things to essentially exert my control over, whether it be like to clean or to figure out a problem or to like make it work to manipulate it in some way. And with my eyes closed, I can just sort of, I can't see anything and sight is so powerful to me that without sight, I am letting go of um, a lot of the fears I have because I have to, because I'm scared of the dark. (laughs) Oh, you're so cute. (laughs) That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's a powerful thing. And like we said, I mean, the more peaceful we can be in ourselves, that's, you know, that's presence being centered, being anchored in the self, then the less we're buffeted and, and, and slammed, uh, by the storms and the winds of life, so to speak. So especially when it comes to intimate relationships and when we're going through difficulties, like I'll give you an example. I saw, I saw my ex-husband on Monday and wow, do we ever butt heads. We, we do. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we, we, we were having a fight. We were just seriously having a fight. And, um, and we're both just like so frustrated. And he's like, all right, let's do something different. I'm like, all right, what are we going to do? And he's like, let's sit and do 21 breaths. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So we just sat and we did 21 breaths. We followed 21 breaths, which is one of the foundations of the meditation practice that we teach. And we followed 21 breaths and like all the adrenaline (laughs) was coursing through our bloodstream was like, got a chance to relax. Our nervous system (laughs) got a chance to relax and all that like fight or flight amygdala, like response got an opportunity to settle down. And then we were able to actually have a constructive conversation <laughs> instead of <laughs> fitting pain at each other, right? right? So that, I mean, that's how we use meditation in the midst of turmoil and trauma. It's like, all right, let's stop this and put our attention on the breath. <laughs> and, and that's that's a good way to do it. It's, it's, a, it's a great method of decompression, which is a very important part of making sure that you're able to have like these very emotional discussions without um, exploding, I guess, and then like a, a more say violent way. Yeah. Without killing each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and because that's the thing, it's like the more with meditation, <laughs> the more you practice because it, it's a yoga is what it is. So the more you practice on your own, the easier you're cultivating this sacred space of consciousness, this space of peace and the space of like stillness and the space of awareness and essentially freedom from suffering. And the more we're able to do that just on our own, then we're, when we're in these crazy fucked up situations or our emotions are getting the best of us, if we make the choice to go back to our practice, it clicks in really quickly because we have that. It's like muscle memory, right? But it's mind memory. We have that pathway already established in the brain and in the body. Right. And as you do it, like the first times it may be really difficult, but I, I can tell you from personal experience that it gets much easier the more you practice it, just like anything else. Yes. And, and the thing is, is that most people aren't, aren't, well, again, most people are not taught to meditate and they're not meditating properly. Most people think that meditation means that you're trying to force all the thoughts out of your mind. 
which is not what you described, which is probably why you like it. So it's hell trying to force thoughts out of your mind because it's impossible. You're trying to do something yes. that's completely impossible. You cannot stop your mind from thinking. It, it, it's, that's not, it, the mind was designed to think. It's you taking your attention off your thoughts and putting them on something different. And that's exactly what it sounds like you were doing. You're taking your attention off of controlling your thoughts and, and the flow of your thoughts and just like relaxing into space. And yes, that is essentially what I was doing. I I often don't put uh, things into like uh, outward sentiments for myself, which can which can be a bit troubling because then you know if I if I forget how to do it or forget why I did it, then sometimes you know when I'm in a dark space, it could be uh, harder to remember that oh yeah I should meditate because that does actually help me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that is what I do. Yeah. Um. And I, I will say, like, other decompression techniques, let's say, um, one of the things that we do a lot, me and Bubby, is that we just try to have time apart. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's and, and when you were talking about uh, the way you went and did 21 breaths when you were fighting with your husband, or ex, ex-husband, um, that it, it is a, par- a, a kind of separation. You're separating uh, both of your hurt and your anger, and you're sort of dealing with that in, in its own little silo and then coming back together. Yes. We, we didn't physically separate, but we disengaged from the battle. <laughs> we put down our swords. <laughs> and that's important because we, we often forget that, you know, having swords up is not really super helpful because, because we, we, we feel sort of, I guess, protected by, you know, our, our biting words and our anger and our shell and our armor, when in reality, it's, it's doing us a lot of damage just to have all that weight on your body. Well, yeah. And the thing is, is it's, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's armor, it's emotional armor, and it's also violence, which is traumatizing for the nervous system. So, um, and it's a, you know, and that's the thing. It's it's a pattern. I mean, these these are defensive responses. I mean, he has a history of trauma. I have a history of trauma. So it's not like any big surprise that we you know bump up against each other in these particular ways. Um, and it's you know it's quite normal. I mean, there's that's a lot of people walking around have are traumatized and have these defense mechanisms. So the key isn't making us wrong for having the mechanisms. It's being able to catch it and be like, oh, okay. I'm in defense mechanism mode. I got my sword up. I got my armor on. Uh, this isn't going to be productive. It's not going to be productive and effective because essentially what we both wanted was to be heard, seen, understood, and valued. Those were the needs that were unmet. And they were so painfully unmet that we wanted to well, – our pain was so great that we wanted to hurt each other because of it, right, is what was going on. But underneath the pain was a deep desire for – actually connection to be respected to be seen to to be heard to be understood by each other and i think essentially because there is a deep love and a deep friendship there and so when that need isn't met it's even more painful yes (laughs) i um i was actually writing down uh seen heard understood and valued because that is like i said i don't often put things into like outside terms but i really like those simple four things that we all need and we all want when we're feeling that way yes yeah yeah Yeah, there's a good little talisman to hold on to yeah exactly 
And I know for me, I can um, I can take these words and I can use them later when we're in, uh, you know, in battle mode, which will eventually happen because I'll be frosty one day or he'll annoy me or, you know, uh, we could we could be uh, passionate in other ways and then it can turn. But it'll be useful to have it. Am I feeling seen? Am I feeling heard? Am I feeling understood? Am I feeling valued? These are good questions I can ask myself. And I can also ask him. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because those especially in, I, I think in all relationships, I think those are really core human needs to be seen, to be heard, to be understood, and to be valued. I, that's it right there. And that's beautiful, and it's simple. Yes. Yeah. But, and you know, as we said before, these are not things that the world really wants you to know, but we want you to know it. Yes, we do, because we want shiny, happy people holding hands. <laughs> we, we want healthy, happy people in healthy, happy relationships. Yes, exactly, exactly. And the way we do it is by acknowledging the areas that are shadows, really, and bringing them to light. Exactly. Um, and I, I did want to make a couple more comments. It's about time to wrap it up. But I did want to make a couple more comments about um, ways in which we can make this whole thing work a little bit better. So I, I, I just mentioned that, you know, I can ask myself, am I being seen, seen heard, understand, and valued? But I can also ask him. And putting taking thoughts out of your head and putting them into the world is one of the best ways that I have found to uh, increase uh, the, the, the bounty of beneficial communications that you're having with someone. Um, oftentimes we'll say things, we'll use code words, we'll use, we'll use phrases and it will omit some of the uh, more nuanced, some of the more, um, low-key factors in how we're feeling or rather why we're feeling what we're feeling and why we're behaving the way we're behaving. It it gives us a a bit of a guide or gives the other person a bit of a guide to say, hey, oh, okay, this behavior does this and I can understand this because I can see it now because I've been shown it. Yes, exactly. So so decoding, understanding, self-awareness, it sounds like. Yes, Self-awareness and, I guess, awareness of other. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So huge. I mean, it's so, yeah, relationships are such a commitment to, you know, to, to being in union with another human being and, 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 and very selfless. I, I just hear so much selflessness in, in when, the way you speak about your relationship with, with Bubby. It's really, it's selflessness. Beautiful. Yeah. Hmm. I like that. Um, but I will, uh, put that, that compliment in my pocket and I will keep it and I'll hold on it forever. And while I do that, why don't you tell, uh, people where they can get in touch with you? Oh, yay. Well, there's a variety of places you can get in touch with me. Uh, my main, my main place is Davy Ward Tantra. That is D-E-V-I-W-A-R-D Tantra.com. And then I, too, have a podcast that Jerome gets to join me on uh, regularly, and I love it. Um, and you can find out more about that at Medicine Sex, uh, medicine, M-E-D-I-C-I-N-E-S-E-X.com. 
And then if you want to learn more about the style of Tantra that I practice and teach, you, you can read about that on my website, Davy Word Tantra, but you can also go to AuthenticTantra.com, and that's where we actually have our uh, video, online video learning program, if you're interested in learning how to integrate these ancient Tantra constructions into your bedroom as well as your everyday life. So that's where you can find me. Okay. And when we say regularly, I'm there. All, I'm on your show like basically once a month now. Um, so you can go ahead over to the to the, her site and check that out online. Go watch the or go listen to the episodes that we've already done, and there will be more coming out. So make sure you just subscribe to her on iTunes. Um, also, uh, I know that you just started a Patreon campaign. Is that correct? I did. I just started a Patreon account because I have many, many wonderful listeners, and I'm requesting that my listeners support the show so we can all work together, kind of like public sex talk radio. I think it's a fabulous idea. I know you have an account, too. So we all work together to support this amazing information coming out to the world, and I do have links on um, both of my websites, Davey Ward Tantra and MedicineSex.com, and you'll actually see the, the Donate Now button in my Patreon video, and you can just follow the instructions and support support our efforts to bring this um, information and education out to as many people as possible. Beautiful. And as people probably already know, because when I record the intro later, I'm going to tell you, you can go to my Patreon at patreon.com slash keep it sexy. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash keep it sexy. Thank you so much for being on the show. I, I So far, you've been probably my favorite guest um it, I, I don't know whatever we talk we have such a good conversation i know i very much enjoy connecting with you i enjoy speaking with you and i really enjoy connecting with you and i really value your wisdom so it's very yeah. uh, um well i can't wait to do it again when we're all on your show do we have a date for the next show is that the one in october it's going to be in October. Uh, we've got October 15th, and okay. uh, we will be doing more date night with Jerome and Davey, and we'll have our wine and our questions and our conversation and break it down for everybody. Awesome. Uh, so until then, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Have a good one. Have a good night. Bye.